Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping visionaries make the impact they were meant to make. All right, let's get into a funny papers. It's been a little while since I shared one. Here you go. I have shared on multiple occasions the funny stories that happened with my kids and I as we clean. This is a funny story that happened with one of my kids when we were not cleaning. But it was so funny that I thought I would bring it to you live on the podcast. Now, you may hear this and say, Ken, that is not funny at all. Well, I thought it was funny, so we shall see. Okay, we had some dear friends visiting our home on a Saturday a few weeks back. Our dear friends, Vincent and Elizabeth Buglisi from Total Life Freedom and their three sons. And also our dear friends, John and Andrea Stange. He's Pastor John of Core Creek Community Church in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. He's also the author of over 20 books, including his new release, Dwell on These Things. And you've heard me talk about John Stange before, a.k.a. The Pastor. Yes, if you've heard those silly Who Paid for Lunch Clue episodes, this is the same John By the way, when he was over at our house, we still could not ascertain how he was able to pay for lunch. We shall find out at a later point. So we had our friends over, and it was a great time. The kids had a blast. John has four kids. Vincent has three. We have five. So this was a very large gathering. Now, all the kids playing out back were at the table, all of us, and We have one of those like Anderson sliding doors that opens out to the back porch and, you know, the long sliders. And then there's a set of sliding screen doors that also go back and forth on a track. Well, we usually have the screen door closed and the doors open such that we can let the cool air in or the hot air out, however you look at it but not letting the bugs come in. So we would leave that open a lot during the summer. So Colby, my 10-year-old, my middle child, he was super excited running around the yard. And let me just tell you about a slingshot that I witnessed as we were sitting in the chair. I saw my 10-year-old run at full speed (laughs) directly at the back of the house. In his mind... He was thinking he was going to outrun the other kid that was chasing him. He would get into the house and hide. I think that's what was going through his mind. But he did not account for the screen door that was closed. (laughs) Now, I shared a story recently about there was a bird that crashed into a window and broke its neck because I just cleaned it and it was so sparkly clean the bird had no chance. And that was supposedly a funny story. It's not that funny, I guess. I witnessed a bird kill itself, a suicide bomber, a kamikaze robin. But in this case, I saw kamikaze Colby running full speed. He hit that screen door 
at full speed and whammo and i saw the screen door like the matrix like go in and then it just sprung back and threw my 10 year old back onto the porch on his butt and he just like got up a little bit haphazardly a little bit lackadaisy a little bit out of sorts he looked around see if anyone was looking and i looked right at him and i said kobe I saw every part of that. And he, he's like, I, I thought the door was open. I said, I know you did. Okay, Kobe is fine. He just had a bruised pride, and that's all it was. Now, the screen door, by the way, it only has a warranty against normal use, not against being used as a slingshot. So needless to say, that screen door was taken off the track and put in the fixing pile or the trash pile. Oh boy, it's going to cost us a couple hundred dollars, but man, was that entertaining. Kobe, I love you, buddy. All right, let's get into today's episode of The Next Recession Will Come. Recently, I was given the opportunity to share an education segment for the MCBA Local Business Networking Group that I'm a part of. As the co-chair now of this committee of educating the group with my friend Shelby Light, I have the freedom to share topics I believe will benefit the group. I chose the topic this particular Tuesday morning of creating multiple income streams because I, quite honestly, was selfishly curious in what other people in the group were doing. I wanted to see how healthy of an income portfolio other members and friends of mine had. I was curious. Now, personally, I'm very new at this. We just got out of debt last year in 2020. We've never been able to invest any money. We've never been able to really save any money. But lo and behold, about 11 months after getting out of debt, we are in the positive I mean, we have $10,000 of cash in an emergency fund. Whoa. When we were doing the Dave Ramsey program, that number seemed like it was from one side of the country to the other. It seemed unrealistic, unattainable. But here we are. We've got it. And we have other investments. We're saving for our first home that we're going to buy. I mean, the opportunities are there. We're growing our cleaning business. And so this curiosity about how we could increase our streams of income. I I was just wanted to see what other people were doing. And so I found some concepts and I presented them. I started with a story about people losing their incomes in 2020 as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. I recounted some examples of cleaning business owners that I knew that had personally were absolutely rocked. I mean, people going from 100% of their income to 10% of their income because they cleaned houses and the houses didn't need them for about four to five months. This was very difficult. And we went through examples of people that saw this happen in 2020. So I asked the question as I wrote down 2020 on the whiteboard, hey, there's a lot of people in here with tremendous wisdom That's a nice way to say very old. And so we were able to go back 
after I asked the question, so tell me some other dates where we had a recession or a correction or where you felt uneasy about finances. And I started writing the dates down. And here's what we came up with because we had a lot of wisdom, aka age, in the room. 1975, the gas shortage. 1986, the stock market crash. 1993, a short recession, only a couple months, but it rocked a lot of people. Obviously, 2001, 9-11 and the terrorist attacks on the United States. 2008, the Great Recession and the crash. And then here we are, 2020 COVID. We all agreed after seeing these numbers on the board that history and math do teach us something. And when we looked at the differences between date to date, we could see, wow, 1975 to 1986, that's 11 years 1986 to 1993, that's seven years. 93 to 2001, eight years. 01 to 08, seven years. 08 to 2020, 12 years. Thus, these micro or macro recessions, whether they hit people in a small way or a major way like most of these did, they were happening every eight to 12 years going back to at least 1975, and probably farther than that. So what did we learn from this? Well, it was simple. We're going to experience them again. 2020 is not the last one. So I got my red pen and wrote a new date on the board above 2020. I wrote 2028. And I asked this question, what will you do to prepare your family against another loss of income? Because that's only seven years from now, but eight years from the 2020 financial recession. So what are you going to do to prepare your family against a loss of income, which is going to happen? And this is where I brought in two concepts. The first was multiple streams of income. And the second was the cash flow quadrant. For multiple streams, I drew various pies as examples of families. We showed the single income family with one job or business. Their income took up the whole pie. I showed the dual income family, which I learned from the group. That didn't start happening until the early 1980s. Mom was usually home. And then the two income family became popularized in the 80s. Now that's what this group says. It's possible it goes back farther. But that was a different pie. Maybe the husband was the breadwinner and the wife made less. It was still two slices on the pie. Maybe one took up 60-70%. That was the husband. And maybe the wife was the other 40, 30 to 40%. It could be the other way around, like that movie Mr. Mom from the 80s where the wife was the breadwinner and the husband just quit his job and went home. But you know, there's breadwinners that are women either way. But that's two income family was an example. Then there's the entrepreneurial family that I drew a picture of with seven streams of income. So there were seven slices, all different sizes. After writing this out, some of the members in this group started to chime in. One mentioned how during 2020, they personally lost about 75% of their job income. But his wife also had a job and that job actually made more money in 2020. So that helped to buffer some of the job loss. And by the way, she also had a couple part-time side gigs and those made some money. 
So no, they didn't replace all of their income. Their pie was about probably 60% his job, probably 30% her job, and 10% her odds and ends side gigs. So let's say he lost 75%. That part of the pie goes really small. And so the parts that she picked up, their income was probably around 60-70% of what it was so they were able to manage and I asked him I did did you have any savings and of course they did they're a very smart and frugal family so they always prepared for a rainy day so even though they lost 30% of their income which could have been a lot worse they were a saver so not only were they multiple streamers they were savers this helped them tremendously during the pandemic and as I'm hearing these stories I'm learning I mean this is awesome what a great testimony Another member of the group who was one of those wiser ones had been through every downturn that was mentioned on that board. And he discussed how over the years he would diversify his company's portfolio of services. So he would have multiple income streams through his primary income stream, which was the family business. So I thought that was pretty cool too. I've seen many people in our cleaning industry do the same thing. They lost houses. Oh, they're going to pick up some offices. Or they were doing schools and churches which shut down. So they picked up disinfection services. Or other offices that they were doing one, two days a week suddenly wanted to have them three, four, five days a week. I saw this happen a lot where residential shut down 50 to 90% and commercial doubled in some cases. So overall, the revenue probably was just like this friend in the meeting, probably 70% of what it was, but they could still survive. So this person from the group, the wise one, had so many streams of revenue from within inside his own company that during these various downturns, 1975 and 86, etc. They didn't get hit as bad because maybe they lost two or three of their streams, but three or four other ones went well or did better. I continued on from the pie and I shared the book from Tom Stanley, The Millionaire Next Door. And this is such a cool book where he talks about the average millionaire you know, and he goes through the stats. You wouldn't know them. They're just ordinary people. They're not flashy they save their money. They drive used cars. They're frugal. But here they are with a one, two, five, eight million dollar wealth. And they're just smart. But what Tom Stanley says in the book is that the average millionaire also has seven streams of income. So then as a group, we discuss the various forms of income. And I found this on a blog. And here's generically or generally what those seven different streams of income are. Number one is earned income, which most people in that room at the MCBA are earning. And it's probably what you earn as your income source if you're listening to this. Earned income is trading time for money at a job or possibly at a business like cleaning solo where you are the product essentially. The second form is a profit type of income. This is like selling products. Maybe you have an eBay or an Amazon business, or you do have a company where you sell a service 
or product and you make a profit on it. The income from the earned and the profit, it's very similar. It's kind of like the employed and the self-employed. So the third one is interest income. This is like if you lend money to someone else. And I've made interest money. When I sold my business, I earned six and a quarter percent interest because I lended money. It was an owner-assisted sell. But people can make interest income if you're maybe a hard lender. My cousin, he does the fourth one, rental or real estate income. And he borrowed money from a hard lender. That hard lender charged interest. So where my cousin Seth is the rental side from his income, his hard lender was making interest income. So there's number three and number four. Number five is dividend income, which is making money off stocks that pay dividends. Number six is capital gains, like selling an asset. So again, I sold a cleaning company. That went on my taxes as a capital gain. And so anything that you sell through stock market, any asset that appreciates, that appreciation when you sell it creates a capital gain. And that is the sixth way to make money. And the seven was royalty income. I have written a book and I've made probably a couple hundred dollars on it in royalties. Not a lot, but I have made royalty income. My friend Billy Altman, his daughter Aaliyah just wrote her first song. It's called Perfect Porcelain Girls. And it's a great song. I hope that it gets out there. She's 16. How cool would that be if she makes it big? I mean, the story of Bart Miller and Amy Grant from the movie I Can Only Imagine. And if you haven't seen that, plug awesome movie. He wrote a song and it took off. It put Mercy Me on a upward trajectory that is incredible. They make a lot of royalty income. Books, gosh, anything that you create that can sell over and over again. Digital products is an example. There's so many different ways. Business passive income, that's another one that goes on to your 1040 in the royalty section. So these are the seven basic forms of income. And what was so cool when I wrote these concepts out, I was looking at these seven forms and I've made money through like three or four of them. That is so cool. Not a lot, but I've tapped into the different ones. Wow, how cool would it be if I had all seven or you had all seven, right? Another member started a great discussion that during the downturns, creativity emerges from the opportunists. Everyone in the room agreed, and then I shared the Mark Cuban quote that I heard in 2020. He said this, I believe that tomorrow's new billion-dollar companies will arise out of this pandemic. Mark then shared that he sees this happen in every crisis. Now, who's Mark Cuban? Shark Tank. Owner, Dallas Mavericks. I love listening to him. He's got such a great mindset on business and investing. The opportunist entrepreneurs find a major need or gap, and they develop a way to solve it. So maybe that's you listening to this podcast right now. Your creativity was picked in 2020, and you had an idea, and you started to take the opportunity to get your idea out to market. And it's possible that you could be the next company that Mark Cuban was talking about. The next concept that I brought up, and I promised this earlier in the episode, was the cash flow quadrant. Oh, I've been loving this. I read the book, The Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. 
I did my best to keep this part simple. I drew a plus sign on the board and I mapped out the four different types of income. E for employee, S for the self-employed. Both of those are on the left side of the plus symbol. And I wrote active income, trading time for money. On the right side, I wrote B for a large business or business system, and then I for investor, like capital gains, interest income, rental. Now, you could put all seven of those income streams onto this plus sign, like the earned income would be an E, the profit income would be an S, I just mentioned the three that would be an I. The royalty income would be an I or a B. And you could put them all on there. And this was so interesting because people started to think, boy, multiple streams of income. And what if I could have passive income? And then I shared how I've been playing the game cash flow with my wife and my kids and with friends and how much it's been teaching us. And it's a simple concept, but no one does it. The goal of the game is to create enough passive income to surpass your monthly expenses. So if you hold a E or S job or business and you're making $5,000 per month and let's say you have $4,000 of expenses, you have a cash flow of $1,000. Now how do you take that 1,000 cash flow and create $4,000 of passive income because your expenses were $4,000? Well, you could do a few things. You could pay off your debts, which would lower your expenses, or you can just go all in on investing. The game really tests your risk tolerance, and I have learned a lot about myself. I shared my goal was I want to be at least 80% on this right side and have total financial freedom. I asked one of the members of the group, and I'll just share one person's name, Gary Volpe. He's a friend of mine. I admire him greatly. 50 years ago, he started his family company, Volpe Enterprises, out of his pickup truck, and he was doing roofing. And over the years, he has expanded into many, many forms of home remodeling and repair and all kinds of stuff. But he was just gracious enough to share that he earns most of his income now through passive forms like rentals and shareholder distributions, which is a portion of his company's profits every single year. Gary was so humble, and he didn't want to take credit for his excellent money management and planning, but everyone in the room clearly saw an example of a life well-lived financially, for sure. Gary has passed on the business to his three sons as he shows up now just once per week, and the rest of his week, he hangs out at network meetings to connect with other people and be a mentor and to help, and sure, it does get him other business for his son's company now, essentially. But he just enjoys doing it. And as I saw this, wow, Gary had 80 plus percent, probably all of his income on the passive side. I want that. And I said that out loud. Guys, I want what Gary has created. Who else does too? And you could see the hands going up. I want that type of business in life. I wanted to prepare against what will certainly happen again and again. I mean, 2028 is right around the corner. It's only seven years away. I mean, look, 2014 is seven years away. Does that seem like that long ago? It doesn't to me. So seven years from now is not a long time. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe it'll be 12 years like it has been a few times. Well, that would be 2032. Well, 
that is still not that far away. Here's the point. I want to buffer my family against future financial catastrophe. History and math will repeat. And so I want to build wealth through multiple income streams. I want to do it through a passive style of income over active. And I want my passive income greater than my monthly expenses for my family. Why? Because then when the next recession hits, my income will be protected through multiple streams and through passive sources. And by the way, this is a little plug for why you'd want to do more passive. Do you know that the people that get taxed the most are on the left side, the employed and the self-employed, while the ultra-wealthy on the right side pay the fewest taxes? It's pretty incredible. So why not get over there? I want to. I know I'm doing this. Here's my question. How about you? Well, that was a fun episode. It went way longer than I thought it would, and I hope that you derived some great value from it. Here's my question. How about you? Are you working on this? Do you understand this concept of the multiple stream of income and also the other concept on the cash flow quadrant? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want some free coaching? Feel free to go to my website, Smart Cleaning School. You'll see tons of free resources like my podcast and my learning hub with free videos. But I also have a link you can click on to sign up for a free coaching call with me. I encourage you to check it out if you'd like to ask a question about today's episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed. 